Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group there on Facebook. Great place to go interact. Nick, I'm going to get into, well, not a beer today. Hey, we're mixing up. Got a little old school, right? I'm going to break oh. into some Coca-Cola. And I've been trying to experiment with some rums lately. So there I've got go. this new rum I've been drinking. And uh, so I'm going to do a little rum and Coke today. We're getting to a little buy and sell. And I'm going to be selling out. Selling. Done. I'm selling all the people. Wait, first of all, Nick, welcome back to the country. Welcome yeah. back, man. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for being here. It. Glad to have you back. Uh, I know H HQ is excited for your relief. So you know. yeah, we hey dude, HQ had the best week in the history of the company. I think I gotta. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta leave more. Evidently, <laughs> you can go ahead All and right. say that publicly. We talked about it privately. <laughs> yeah. Nick might be taking a six month sab sabbatical. <laughs> no, mine's next week. So you gotta. Oh yeah, yeah. You forgot, gotta. Forgot. We'll see. Yeah. See who can ante up. <laughs> All right, uh, but I'm selling. I'm selling the people that that don't like leftovers. Like, what the hell's wrong with these people? Agreed. I got a brother-in-law's that way. I got a couple people that this way, and it's like, I don't get it. The other night, right, wait, trying to figure out what to do for dinner. It was Friday, got off, right? Like, listen, we weren't wanting to do some big thing. We had a trip the next day. I open up the refrigerator. I'm like, oh, perfect, right? I got some Munster cheese. I got some leftover steak. I've got these uh, uh, these rolls that we got. Those, what are they? Oh, shit, I always forget the name of it. Uh, it's those kind of like hardened rolls that are a little bit uh, tough. Ciabatta? Is that yeah, how you pronounce it? Ciabatta or something work. like that? You got to crud into them. All right, so steak, cheese, leftovers. You toast the bun. Yeah, yeah. I'm somebody I do that. I even went put a little bit of fresh avocado in some mayonnaise and made a little spread on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the that. same way. I actually think pizza is better the second day. You know, there's just like a lot of things. I look, we're a leftovers household. We eat almost all of our meals at home, as you know. So yeah, I look, I think those people are insane. Yeah. Selling them. Well, I'm gonna buy this week. A week in Scotland, shared some pictures in the HyperClean Specialist group. I was right at home. We had wagons everywhere. <laughs> the other thing, you know, so I'll buy the cars over there, but I'm going to buy something else. A lot of places we went built in the 1800s, you know, really old buildings, the craftsmanship when you go to Europe. I, I know... For those that haven't been there, this would be hard to understand, but, you know, the buildings are still in perfect shape. You know, we stayed at the home of Johnny Walker, for those of you that like whiskey and, and scotch. You know, some of these windows were put in this building 200 years ago, and they're just perfect. They look like the day they installed them. And then you come back to the States, and I'm in a fairly, you know, high-growth area, and everything new going up, and you just know within 30 years, it's going to look like crap. And you go, wait a minute, how did we go backwards? You know, we're all, our descendants are all from somewhere here in America. You know, it's a melting pot. How did we miss out on all the quality building that took place? And, you know, when you go see that, 
you know, we, we were at a place called Prestwick, which was like built in 1847 and they were redoing the floor, this entryway. They were still hand laying stone flooring. Like we were watching it happen. These four guys, four craftsmen. And, you know, that's one thing that you take for granted over here is things go up so quickly. They're using cheaper and cheaper materials. You know, you're being told it's better. And then you go somewhere and you go, is it better? <laughs> this stuff's been around for a couple hundred years. It's really high quality stuff. So I'm going to buy not only seeing some craftsmen actually, you know, applying their trade, but to see the craftsmanship on buildings that are two, three, 400 years old and, so, and, and longer, and they're just in perfect condition. So that's really cool to see. And it was a cool trip. Well, what's the food? I mean, Scottish food. I, I mean, uh, porridge? There's a reason what why is... you don't, there's, there's a reason why you don't have a bunch of Scottish restaurants around a lot of fish and chips, uh, a lot of, you know, we're right on the ocean everywhere you go. So a lot of sea bass, a lot of, you better like seafood. You know, that's just what it is. I didn't find, and this is where you kind of get into taste and flavor. I like things extremely spicy. That's just not going to happen there. The other thing is almost had to salt every dish pretty bland. So not the best cuisine. I've ever had, but certainly not the worst, just not a lot of variety. You know, I mean, they had a lot of stuff. You could get Indian food there. You know, you could do all that, but as far as like Scottish cuisine, not, not the best, uh, for a foodie to go visit Scotland. I, I wouldn't think that would be high on the list. Not the place. Huh? We did actually have some, uh, you had some fish. We had some local fish ourselves recently. Local fish in Oklahoma is 100% catfish, right? Oh, I thought it was carp. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Too many bones, man. It is funny, though. You go out to the rivers or you see the. there's always these old men that are carp fish. And it's like, what do you eat off of that thing, man? Oh, like, yeah. Agreed. It's nasty. But, yeah. yeah, catfish. And if you find a good cat, it's fried catfish, like, mm, hard to beat. But I, I imagine your catfish or your fish was a little better. I don't know what's better though with the cars you saw or what I got to see. So you're gonna have to tell us a little bit more about these wagons because this weekend, as we were driving down to Texas, we took a sort of a little different route and we went down 177. So basically we were headed to Oklahoma city and this just went South and cut, basically cut the state in half, went down to Texas to uh, Texoma, Lake Texoma, a little winery there that was being launched. And we went to a blessing. It was my uh, cousin's uh, winery that he was launching. But on that trip, man, if, if, Listen, if anybody is into to barn finds, I swear I found four Camaros. If you're into Camaros and barn finds, they were just laying around the side of the road. It seemed like going down 177. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the Corvettes underneath trees, like they were, it was like everybody there had them. It was the strangest yeah. thing between old Chevys and casinos. It was like, that's yeah. the place for it. Yeah. And that's why they're not worth anything. Right. So this has been my argument. So, yeah, I mean, I, going on those kind of routes where you can see, you know, what you would call lawn ornament cars, you know, that everybody has, you know, this guy has four dead trucks and four dead Camaros. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of where if you're in the restoration business, those are the places to go. Right. But the wagons were good. I mean, you oh, didn't... dude, 
it, you know, Europe does driving, in my opinion, better than the U.S. The reason is they use roundabouts instead of streetlights, you know, so you're not, you're not sitting at a bunch of streetlights everywhere. Now, if you did that in America, you'd have a thousand accidents, but we're over there for a week. We hardly saw police. Okay. We saw police randomly on one bridge. We didn't see a large SUV, large truck, unless it was somebody, you know, again, this guy has a business, he's running a business, the business is on the side. It's so much easier to get around, even not knowing the area. Like, they make it so easy to get around, and we didn't see one accident in a whole week. We would have seen, if you go to any city in America within a week and you spend a whole week there, how many cars on the side of the road, how many things like that are you going to see? You don't see that there. It just doesn't happen. The other thing is, when you start taking these big vehicles off the road, and the, and the roads are very narrow, right? But you take these big vehicles off the road, unless they're being used for business, and all of a sudden transportation gets easier. Cars are more nimble. They can get around to places easier. And so you got hot hatches, and you have wagons and sedans. Pretty much all of those things are dead in America. Now, I know the RS6 Avant, you know, had some success coming to the States, but wagons are pretty non-existent here as a major purchase. Hot hatches, you know, most 16-year-olds don't want them. That would be where you would get your start. You know, for those of us that love a hot hatch, you've had some kind of a friend that owned one, or you've had a few when you got started as your beater when you were 16 years old. All the cool stuff over there is practical, fun to drive, you know, would be a better driving experience than a mid-sized SUV, large SUV or truck. And so I would say wagons, if you if you have a family, you buy a wagon. That's what you see over there. And BMW wagons, ultra popular, Audi wagons, ultra popular. You know, then you have some some brands that people don't see in the States really, uh, Citrion and all those kind of brands. And I think it's interesting too when you go overseas, you find uh, uh, American automotive vehicles or manufactured vehicles that suddenly have a different name. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that and well, here's what, what you Puma. Yeah, here's what you here's what you don't see here. Uh, you, or excuse me, you don't see there. Chevy has no footprint there. It's all Ford, and there is no Chevy footprint whatsoever. Toyotas are actually pretty rare over there. When you really look through what I saw over there, Toyotas, no real market share. So you see that really the only brands that we see here on a large level is Ford. And Ford actually has dealerships over there, you know, which is unbelievable to think that Ford can have a bunch of dealerships and Chevy's nowhere to be found. You know, Chevy has basically made itself an American-based brand. You know, obviously you didn't see Dodge, but Dodge isn't, you know, on the same level as, as those two brands. It's just, and you know what you see a lot of Mitsubishi trucks. Mitsubishi has a huge market share over there and these mid-sized trucks, you know, again, your, your local plumber, those kind of guys were driving those. I, I think it's really interesting when you go to a place like that and you go, there is so much different stuff here and it has really no footprint in America. 
right? And it shows you how big the automotive market is globally. Like I can only imagine if you just added every brand together that sells cars anywhere in the world and you said, how many trillions of dollars in sales are cars? I, I don't even know what that would be. It's insane how many different brands there are. Hmm. Interesting. And you drove, what'd you guys drive? You, you drove something there. It probably wasn't nearly like my drive. Yeah. Listen, my drive on the way home the other day, we didn't go back the same way. We went back up highway 75. Listen, highway 75. If you're going up through Oklahoma has always 10 to 15 miles, at least sometimes longer of just, I'm talking straight as an arrow. <laughs> straight as narrow doesn't move right doesn't move it goes straight so what do i get to do i get to press a button lean the seat back and i found out a new hack you can just put your feet up or your 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 uh your knees up against the steering wheel and then that will mimic like you're actually holding the wheel and dude i just laid back and i took a nap other people took a nap in the car too as long as my knees were there on the steering wheel it was going straight ahead yeah no we had a uh Mercedes-Benz diesel van because we had four guys with us, you know, luggage, all that kind of stuff. So that's the other thing over there. You know, diesel rules the day. I mean, you have so many vehicles, so many wagons, so many vans, so many different things that are just diesel-based. And actually, when you go to the gas station there, you have two diesels, and then you only have one, you know, gas uh, fill-up. And so it's amazing to see all the changes that are being made in the States. And you got all these places that are still on diesel that are still, you know, running purely almost diesel at every location that you stop and get gas and the fuel economy on this Mercedes, we drove from the East to the West, multiple hours, this kind of thing to get to all these different places. We barely went through a tank on that van. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, very little fuel was used. I mean, not the most giddy up I've ever driven. Let me be clear. And you want to make sure you stay left in Europe because, you know, they don't drive on the right side there. But let me tell you, man, it, it I find it to be much more enjoyable of a driving experience because, again, how they route traffic, how they use, uh, you know, traffic circles, how, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a dream and you don't even know what you're doing because you don't live there. So to find it that easy to get around tells you how really easy it is. Well, as you see, did that happen over over there? Or did you just wake up when you got here and realize the news? What has happened, right? Netflix, they took out, right? Killed Blockbuster, took them out, slaughtered them. And what are they doing now? Slaughtering the DVD. The DVD's gone. They made yeah. an announcement that after 23, they will no longer send out DVDs in those little red envelopes. There's no way what? you knew they were still doing that, right? I, I had no idea they were even still doing that. I mean, yeah. and, and so it shows you share price starts to fall, pressure starts to mount, and they're like, why are we doing this? We're done. <laughs> done. Absolutely done. But it is a little bit of a moment for us to take a, for those of us that can remember those times, to put it into that perspective of what Netflix has been doing, we're going to get into a little discussion here in a minute about, you know, some business talk, and you just sit back and if people really understood what Netflix has been doing and what they continue to do, it's always is impressive to see what yeah. they continue to, to move forward. What, uh, when you, did you get to see the highlights? Uh, cause you probably didn't watch. Did you watch the fight? There was a pretty big fight. Davis Garcia, man. What yeah. a fuck. Man, no, what a I, shot. I had, I had two tickets to that fight. I forgot about this trip. 
gave them to my buddies. They went to the fight. This is where the internet's not real. You know, Ryan Garcia has a huge internet following, a massive Instagram, social media star. Makes sense. You know, yeah, has has the, the boyish good looks and, you know, tricked a lot of people, especially some of my younger buddies, into believing that he was a real contender. When you go against Tank, that was... That was easy to see coming. I had knockout by the eighth round, and he knocked him out in the seventh with a body shot. And I watched it last night when I got home, and it was a routing. I mean, it wasn't yeah. even. Yeah. And again, this just shows you social media ain't real, man. There, there, there's missed kill- so many shots, so many, so yeah. many over the heads, and it was like he. Were you sparring with somebody that was not the right size? Is that what? Well, that, well, there, there you go. Right. It, it's it looks real pretty to hit the mitts on social media. Mitts are a lot different than than fighting somebody of Tank's caliber. And honestly, Ryan Garcia hasn't fought enough high caliber. Oscar De La Hoya manages him. I, I think he was completely mismanaged. They never wanted to put him up against anybody you know legitimate prior to this fight. They went for the big fight, and he got knocked out. Now. That doesn't expel the end of his career, but he, to me, and, and again, I, I'm a nerd about this stuff. So, I, you know, I watch more than most. He's never really going to be a serious contender. He's going to win some pointless belts that nobody cares about. That's fine. But he's not Tank Davis level. I mean, Tank is basically a mini Mike Tyson. This was never going to be close. So speaking of another internet phenomenon, what do you think about the Diaz Paul but? But you're gonna throw in your uh, your predictions. Yeah, I mean Diaz. Diaz is actually a fairly decent boxer, so I'm assuming he's gonna handle Jake Paul. But there's a lot of questions around the legitimacy of these type of celebrity boxing matches. You know, are you gonna take a fall? Do you get extra pay if you take a fall? There's a lot of casinos that are very leery of taking uh, gambling on this. I I would obviously pick Nate Diaz. I mean, he's he's a great he, he's a great fighter. You take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu out of it, and he's got to just box him. You know, Jake Paul is a legitimate boxer. He's not some clown. But I would assume that we see Nate Diaz handle him. But I, I don't know. Jake is quite a bit bigger. That's yeah. where you're going to have the mm-hmm. issue. Is yeah. that Nate Diaz can legitimately probably get to 170, even that you know, is kind of, he's a better 55er than he is a 70. So can he put on and walk around at 190? That's probably what he's going to need to do. We'll see. Is this, is this what's going to resurrect boxing though? And I mean, UFC doesn't need help, even though they they've had Trump lately, right? They're at ringside, which is interesting, but uh, you know, boxing hasn't really needed, are they needed something? You think this is it using social media, using these, pretty boy style things to get some, some hype coming back, barring a UFC fighter. He's going yeah, back. B- boxing is, you know, and you hear it all the time. Boxing is always a going out of business sale. You know, they got to make all the money in one fight. You know, they had Floyd for years. Once Floyd kind of left, you know, they they're missing that box office, but you still have guys like Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fight that everybody wants to see. God knows if we'll see it. You know, Terrence Crawford and, and Errol Spence are two top talents. And, you know, you got Tyson Fury, who's, you know, one of the best heavyweights to ever live as far as boxing. Uh, you know, his skill set, he hasn't really resurrected it. But here's the reality. In Europe, it's huge. 
So these guys can go fight at the O2 arena or they can go take the money from the Saudis. Boxing is alive and well, and it always exists because remember, there's nothing more fun than watching two guys punch each other. That That's what you want to see. And the amount of money people still bet. Yeah. I mean, so at, at the end of the day, boxing's never going to die, but it's also never going to be as mainstream as it once was. Like it's, it's just too divided. They they don't have a real one governing body system. There's 8,000 belts that nobody knows what they mean. So at the end of the day, until they clean that up, which I don't think will ever happen, boxing is going to be what boxing is going to be. All right. So I got a laugh the other day cause I was looking up uh, just, you know, moseying around looking up some some car stuff you know checking some news on things and i laugh because of your uh electric skateboarder analysis of uh of what the ev market is becoming and uh stellanus for those of us that don't know that name that's who owns dodge jeep ram uh but they and and they are which is gonna be pretty cool for some people some people are gonna go hell yeah i'm in right the Dodge Hornet coming back. That group is bringing the Dodge Hornet back. However, if anybody has seen the photos, it basically is an Alfa Romero reborn. So electric yeah. skateboard, to your point, they're basically making an AR. But for those of us that have looked into ARs or know of ARs and Alfa Romeros, what are they known for having problems? Electric, right? Yeah. Like, Hilarious. You're not solving it. You're not solving anything like, and this is what I've been telling everybody that listens to these episodes is that now that you can build one skateboard electric platform, you're going to see all these brands resurrect different things. And some of them are going to go great. And some of them you're going to be like, was anybody really calling for the resurrection of the Dodge Hornet? Like I wasn't, you weren't, nobody was. I don't know why they're e doing that, it. That email, you didn't send it in? Oh, we yeah. talked about you. You didn't send it in, huh? I mean, I, I kind of look at this and, and say the same thing over and over again. We're at the infancy to see how this is all going to play out. But, yeah, there's not a brand, and you can lump Dodge into this. And for everybody that doesn't know, I own a Dodge truck in my business, so I'm very familiar with their electrical issues. You can put that through Alfa Romeo. You can put that through Land Rover. You can put that through a lot of different companies that have historically just had massive electrical issues for 50 years. And now all of a sudden I'm going to have an all electric vehicle with them. That seems strange. Now I get it. They're not building. Most of these companies aren't building the battery technology. They're going to get it from someone else. They still got to make the shit work. And I don't know why everybody's having so much confidence that this is going to go well. Uh, we see a company like Lucid with tons of money behind it, struggling to get off the ground and, and shares tanking in that company and them having issues. You have all of these different types of things. Tesla's still not, you know, wildly profitable. I don't know what the hell's going to go on here, but I don't want to see the Hornet revived. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I don't know what everybody thinks is going on here. I don't know if they know what they think, but I know there's a whole segment of society that's not going to be happy with another move they're making. 300, the Chrysler 300, they are <laughs> gone, right? We're bringing back the Dodge Hornet, but we're canceling the Chrysler 300. All right, so let's get into some uh, specialist group stuff. Just a couple things real quick. 
Sean, um, he was curious, can Uno be used as a topper on other coatings? He had uh, another, another uh, uh, a car that was in that he'd used a different coating on, and he was blown away by what Uno did on top of that other coating. And he said that the customer even specifically commented about how well it looks. So everybody curious, can you use Uno on top of another coating to either revitalize, revamp, or as a topper? You can. Uno does work great in that aspect. It yep. does do a great job at that. Uh, another one from Mason, Smelly AC. Have you ever worked with a car that... Even his, he said his is brand new, uh, only a little bit of miles on it. Either way, sometimes air conditioning units, and especially for people as we're starting to warm up through most of the country, will start to now turn on their AC unit. And for that first 10 to 15 seconds, are going to get a blast of, ugh, right? Yep. Like fungi, like nasty, a little yep. bit of nastiness. Now, first of all, don't breathe that the best you can because that is mold. Right. Like that is some nasty yeah. shit that's down in the bottom of your AC uh, unit. It does that compressor does give off uh, water condensation and it will sit and it will grow. So yep. you can if you do experience that there are you can go to a dealership or there are people that have something that you can go down into the system and clean that mold out. Yeah, I think, number one, you got to look at the cabin air filter. That's what you got. That's what you got to look at. You got to see if you have a problem there and some new cars, maybe they forgot to put it in there. So you're picking up everything from everywhere. That could be an issue. There's also a lot of chemicals that dealerships and, and distribution outlets, you know, before they get to the dealership will run through the AC, run through the heating system. You could smell that for a little while. That's not as common as it once was, but it's still common. So maybe just kind of let your car sit there, AC on full blast for an hour in your driveway, really try to blow out any kind of funk. But this is where steam, I find, can be helpful, right? You got to remember steam is not a end-all, be-all, but it has some some qualities to it, putting some of that through your AC system, through some intakes and different things will help alleviate some of those more general smells in your car. And then what you can do is take your, your, your favorite, you know, spray air freshener, put it down underneath the feet of the intake, you know, coming off the bottom of your car, go ahead and, and put that in, in recirculation mode and circulate that through your, your AC vents a little bit. And, and it may help out, but yeah, some of that stuff, you know, you may just have for a while. Some cars are built in a certain way that you may just have to wear that stuff off of there. I mean, that's the unfortunate part. Mm -hmm. And on a little bit of a different note, but same theory is a reason why we tell detailers not to use their steam and spray steam down into the vent. That water's never going to get all the way out. Some will stay there, even though yep. it's steam, you will have condensation that will sit down there that will turn to mold. And that is not and that's why you got to keep that's why you got to keep it blowing. You know, when you're using your steam down in vents, make sure it's blowing. You know, you're circulating through. You're not just allowing you're not just in a dead car that's not on spraying steam. But that's the, what we see. Right. We talked about Internet, social media earlier. The social media detailing is let's turn everything off and just show the steam going through the vents. And it's like, yep. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't do that. You want to circulate it. No doubt about it. Yeah. 
All right. So you've had plenty of time, you know, that's the good thing about taking a long trip, right? You, you get a little time. I don't know. Did, did you take my advice? Did you pop some pills before you, you jumped on the flight? I don't know, but <laughs> no, no pills. You're, you're ragging on my, uh, my approach before, but, uh, listen, I nail over long overseas flights hundred percent every time, but you probably had some time to sit there and think. And, uh, as you were maybe on runways, uh, those don't always go as planned or, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to pick up a car. There's always times to just sit on a trip. So you've probably been thinking through some things and want to dissect something. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I was on, on this trip with three other people, all executives that work for companies. Uh, one works for a massive hospital, uh, organization. The other two work for fortune 500 companies and, and they're in senior level positions. And, you know, it's the mindset, you know, when you hang around with people like that, that, you, you learn a lot, right? That's a time to be curious. These people have achieved something, but they've also achieved something as employees. It's a whole different game, right? They're playing a corporate game where guys like us are playing the business ownership game. And I think it's interesting to, to, to see the dichotomy, you know, people that are employees always talk about their retirement package and, and, you know, how hard it is to do this or how hard it is to do that. Never having to put the money up. You know, we kind of talked about this on the podcast before, which is, you know, they're kind of talking, talking about it in a way that as a business owner, you can't talk about things because your wallet is on the line as an owner. So I think one of the interesting things that, that, that I see as a conversational point is what do we need to view our business? Like when we're the owner, because you can learn from people like I was on this trip and I learned a lot, right? I listened to them. I'm curious about what they're going through. They have a good sense of the economy, right? They're in big companies. They know the things going on around the world, especially. But I think one of the things that, that I would put back to you is you also have to draw a line of what you'll listen to because their mindset is so different than what ours needs to be right? They're, they're going to go to work and they're going to handle things that need to be handled for that company in that moment. As a business owner, you don't have the luxury of looking at today. You have, the, you have to look at the next six months, the year, year and a half. And do you find that hard for yourself when you get around people? And, and even we see this with a lot of detailers we talk to is they're so caught up in the day. What's going on today? What's happening today? And we can say at HyperClean, and I can say the same for VR, and, and when you had your detailing business and it started to have success, you have to transform into worrying about today as a business owner to worrying about tomorrow, the six months, the 12-month timeline a lot differently than most. Yeah, I think most people, uh, when they think, you know, they're a, let's, let's just call it what it is, an employee versus an owner, right? Let's, some people like to use team members, and that is a more of a progressive, you know, like, you know, but for today's explanation is just go employee and business owner. And I think we'll even divide business owner here in a second. Uh, one thing that I think a, a employee owner, and this, it took me a little bit to begin to an analyze and realize this myself is I think most of them, when they are working for somebody, right, they, they think about today and they think about what they need to get done. And there's that goals, what goals do you have? And, you know, have your goal. And they consider their future thinking as 
a 401k or a retirement. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, if, if I'm in their place, I'm, I'm thinking future as in I'm working until I'm 60 or 65 and then I'm free. You know, and that's the old, that's the old thing yep. that people used to always talk about when it came into uh, multi-level marketing companies, right? Like, don't do today. Well, you know, like, don't hate your life today just to, yep. to live the last 15 years. But yep. that's the way they are. That's the way most people think. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. It, it gets into this conversation of, I don't think about retirement at all. You know, I have retirement accounts and I have things that, that I invest in, but I'm not thinking about a way out. You know, I'm not thinking, I'm not counting down the days. I got 15 years left or, you know, I got this many years left. I, I'm thinking about what are the investments I can make today that are going to pay off for the long term, right? As an owner, you have a very, you know, and I think this is maybe something we can get into now. Some of the problems that I think I had early in my business, and, and I think it's probably a lot of guys out there is really understanding that ownership is not about the ownership. It's about, you're actually an investor in your business, right? You're, you're, you're not, you own it, but you need to invest for the next year, 10 years, 15 years, if you want to make your business work. You know, you had a great conversation that was on Saturday's episode, and you can see that if you go listen to that episode, that was an investor mindset. That, that wasn't that. It was, I'm waking up every day to detail a car. Man, that can get you into a lot of traps, don't you think? Oh, definitely. Because you you just do what you need today or just knew what you need to do next week. Or the, the amazing where people will push back is they'll go, no, man. I'm two weeks out. I don't have to think about anything for two weeks or I'm a month out. And we, there seems to be in detailing this analysis of future with how much I have on my books, right? How much have I made appointments for, or people have scheduled and I, I'm great if I'm this far booked out, but sometimes miss the idea of time, the investment of time. I bring this up because for a second ago, I was talking to Rachel. She's a new uh, detailer that's come into community. And uh, she recently picked up uh, some products and then started getting in heavier and started now investing into where can I go into some car shows? She just picked up her first distribution order. And we talked about the time investment of now she's going to start going into I think there's a big misconception around uh, people of the amount of time that they're also going to invest. And so inside of that episode, you heard it, right? You heard, I work hard, but didn't realize yeah. afterwards the work was over. What else you got to invest time into? How much more yeah. work is invested? Yeah. And that's why we tell guys to get outside of the polisher, right? Because that's when everything changes. Then you realize that it's not about hard work. It's about smart work. Where do I invest my money? Whether that be in marketing, uh, skill development in the proper ways, not in a lot of the ways we see people doing it. Uh, what am I going to invest into product? You know, we, we have a distribution channel that guys can take advantage of and the guys that are taking advantage of it are, are 
you know, some of them are starting out and seeing the benefits. Some of them are stagnant. Some of them are doing hundreds of thousands in sales and changing the whole model of their business and not having to detail at all. I think one of the things that, that I truly believe in now that I didn't believe in 10 years ago is the mindset you have is going to dictate what you're going to do. If you're just, I'm a detailing business owner and I'm going to go clean cars. Cool, man. Go do that. There, there is nothing wrong with that. That isn't that high. Again, though. Yeah. Say that again, though, for a second. You said the mindset of what? The mindset of, Hey man, I'm just going out there to clean cars. I'm, I'm just going to go clean cars. I'm going to go detail cars. That's what I'm going to do. Take that different than where I'm at today and where I got to very early in my business after I learned some hard lessons, which is no, nah, man, I'm investing time and money into the future. I'm not, I'm not going to be worried about detailing a car every day. I'm going to be worried about bringing on team members and marketing and, and going out and acquiring customers and getting my sales process more dialed in. And I'm going to invest in these things that allow me to grow my business to a level where here's the reality of last week. I went on a week-long trip. HyperClean had its best week ever. And VR had its biggest week ever. That doesn't happen with the mindset of, I'm just out here to detail a car. And so mindset of what actually is business ownership, I think is going to dictate any of our success. Like I truly believe this, Marty. I don't think there's a guy listening to this that can't have a million dollar detailing business. They're all capable of it. But are you going to invest the time? Are you going to invest the money it takes? Are you really going to invest in the difference making things and forget the word business ownership? You're an investor. What are you going to invest in? So let's talk about how hyperclean when I'm gone can have the biggest week ever. It's what we did two years ago. It's the conversations, it's the plans, it's the systems, it's everything we put in over a two year period prior to this trip. Everything happened two years ago in those two years leading up to the trip. So that week doesn't become about that week because two years ago we started putting in work that paid off in that week. And so many guys, I was guilty as anybody, just thought about how many cars do I have on the books tomorrow? And we got to get these cars detailed. And they're caught up in the small things and they never get to see the big picture and this is where you get into a lot of business owners operate like employees instead of operating like an investor that's investing in their business. All right. So we're going to have to break that down, right? Because I think there's going to be a lot of listeners who don't understand what that means. They're going to think that they understand because if you hire somebody, they'll immediately go, well, I'm a business owner. I'm not an employee. So I've got that mindset. So if 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 we would analyze, analyze, right word, wrong word, if we would take an analysis, let's say we were an eagle flying over somebody's business and we took an analysis of watching this person work and where they spent their time, what they spent their time on, when that project that they were working on actually comes to fruition, when will that happen? And here's what I mean when I break that down. When somebody's going through their day, whether it's, you know, the car I'm working on or the video I'm working on or whatever it is they're doing that day, 
I think if they will look at when will this be, when will this produce something? When will I put it out? When will the fruition happen? They need to analyze, okay, I need to work on some stuff that will bring fruition today, fruition tomorrow, but then I need to actually also learn to start planting a seed that I can come back the next day and the next day and the next day and keep fertilizing, fertilizing till it actually has some fruit till I can actually bear the fruit. This is what's interesting with uh, my cousin growing the winery. He will not see a grape for four to five years and won't be able to actually put a grape in a bottle for more like six years. Yep. And that's even at the best. Yep. And, and I think you kind of get to the point, let's go to the content conversation, which is so hot in business. When you commit to content and you say, this is what I'm going to do, the reality you have to face is you're doing content for however many years now. You're not, you're not investing for today because it's going to be the culmination of a thousand videos that gives you power. It's not going to be the culmination of 10 videos, right? It's, it's the 500 pieces of content that start to pay you. So think about this. I make video one and Nick's now telling me that I got to make one video a day until I reach a thousand before I really see that investment pay off. And that's probably pretty accurate number. I mean, there's people that have made 1500 videos and have no traction, right? You see this Gary V talks to these people all the time. I, you know, here you tell me to make content and I have 800 pieces of content. He's like, so keep making content. Why does he say that? Because he's in the content business and he understands that when you commit to that, you're making an investment for the long term. Content is not a short term gain. And this is the problem. You know, you heard it on Saturday's thing. Well, I didn't get any traction on TikTok. Okay. How many videos did you make? I guarantee you it's less than 20. That that isn't an investment. Right? I mean, we have the same thing with a ceramic coating. If if I was on a Sparta phone call as a detailer calling and talking to you and I, and somebody told me I could spend $150 on an installation and possibly get $2,500 in a package, I couldn't click buy fast enough. You and I talked about this. I mean, I, I know because I've done it to the tune of 300 bottles a month. I, I'm here to tell you, I, I can't click buy fast enough. Why? Because that's an investment in something I know I'm going to make money on. I may get that bottle and not make money that exact day. But I know in the future, five days, three days, a week, two weeks later, that bottle is going to pay me money. Same goes with buying paint protection film. You don't use your whole roll that day usually. But you just spent $1,300. So when you take this mindset shift and you go, I'm not trying to do anything for today. You and I have a Monday meeting. How many times do we talk about something going on that day? I, I don't think it ever really happens. We may talk about a fire we got to put out. Hey, this popped up. What do we want to do? Okay. Those are usually two seconds of, a, of the conversation. We're not, when you're running a business, if you find yourself constantly putting out fires of that day, something's off. So if you look at VR, I'm having conversations right now at VR about June, July, August, September 
and I'm planning vacations for my guys for the year is what we did this morning. We're, we're not talking about today. Today's on the books. Today's handled. They got it. We may, you know, have something happen. We, we roll up and somebody has a nail in their tire and we got to contact the client, normal everyday stuff, but we're not sitting here concerned about today at VR. We're talking about the year. What are we doing? What? It, nothing is localized to that moment. And if you find yourself as a business owner, which I have, which you have, two years ago at HyperClean, it was a lot about the day. Where we find ourselves today with HyperClean because of the last two years is we're talking about the next project, the next 10 projects, the next 20 projects. What are we going to work on for next year? Hey, we got to solidify this. Hey, we're working on these formulas. None of this stuff is about today. And that's where the frustration with me and the content conversation, if you're making content for something to change today, that isn't going to happen. All right. So there's the content and we talked about time. You know, these are kind of early in business type discussions. You know, let's, let's go into the discussion of the guy that, you know, whether it's mobile or shop or really any business at this point, I've got a couple team members. I'm a team member in, I'm two or three team members in, and I want to think that I'm a business owner at that point. If I'm in yep. their shoes, I'm thinking I'm a business owner. I've got employees, so I don't fully understand, Nick, what you're talking about. I think one great place that people could learn some lessons when it comes to uh, mindset of a owner versus an employee is on how you this is going to be a little bit too vague, how you treat your employees, right? A little bit vague. People might go, well, I treat my employees really great. You know, I don't bitch at them when they do this or I don't do that, right? Here's the part that people don't understand is if you're a really great business owner and you want to invest because we all know it's tough to keep employees. It's tough to keep people around, especially in manual labor. And if I want to keep them around for a long time, that means I need to invest into them. Yep. Ooh, I've just invested time. I just invested everything else. Now I have to invest into my employee. And there's going to be people that think that a couple of different ways. That could be insurance. Right, You can yep. invest into insurance. You can invest in what we just talked about, 401ks or some type of thing like that. There's another little bit of type of investment that not everybody understands. There's yep. also an investment of making the employee their hero when they go home. Yep. So, you know, something that my guys don't know yet, but this week is, is, is there's a payday. And they, they knocked it out of the park when I was gone you know, handled everything, you know, did everything above and beyond. And they're all going to be getting a bonus for that week. And it's going to be sizable. And the reason I'm going to make that investment is simply to say thank you. Right. There's a very big misconception about giving bonuses and why I should or shouldn't do it. But I do it quite frequently when we've had a great week or we've had a great month and, and these guys have gone above and beyond and, and we've kept problems to a low, things are running smoothly. I don't expect anything in return is the big thing to, to, to say here. I'm not expecting anybody, you know, to, to 
you know, jump for joy and go, this is the great, you know, what do I got to do for Nick to get this bonus again? It's no strings attached. Hey man, you did something great while I was gone. You guys really did something awesome. I'm giving you this money as a thank you. They're not going to expect it. They never have expected it. When I give it from a place of, hey, man, it's a thank you. And, and look, I, I've been in places in my business where I only had 100 bucks to give, and I gave it. Because that 100 bucks isn't going to change my life. That 500 bucks, ask yourself, is that going to change your life? But there's a lot of people that believe, well, it's my business. I'm owed this money. It's not their money. I think that's the wrong mindset. I look at yeah, it and go. Let's, let, let's break that down for a second because I know yeah. there's plenty of listeners that are in that. You mentioned, hey, only 100 bucks. So hold on. Let's put it into a little bit of a, into, let's say uh, we've got a, a detailer. They've, they've done a really great week. You know, maybe uh, they they weren't on vacation. They weren't somewhere else. They just, they just had a lot of great week, right? A lot of great customers. Money came in. They did better than normal. Yep. Let's say that they, they made uh, $10,000 that week. And that was about $3,000 more than they traditionally make. Yep. Yeah. Let those people know you're thankful for their hard work. Doesn't mean you do it every week. You have a great week, but you should do it pretty frequently in this type of business. What does that mean? If I've got three thousand dollars more than normal, is yeah, that I mean, give away three thousand. No, but I mean, but here's the deal: if your business is in financial peril, you're not in any place to do this. That's number one. So if you're running a responsible business and you have some savings and and things have been going well for a while, and now you just had this gangbuster week, and you go. Man, I'd love to do something great for my team. A lot of people will be like, oh, I'll order some pizzas. Okay. I'll slip them a 20. Yeah, I'll give them a, slip them, a, yeah, little, slip them a 20. A little $30 ask, extra. Ask yourself check. this. I got a guy that's worked for me. He's worked for me for a year, let's say. We, he just did a great job this week, whatever. What if you gave that guy 500 bucks out of the blue? What if you looked at him and go, hey, man, can't thank you enough for the last year, this week especially. I just want to show you that I'm thankful for all you do. I've added an extra 500 bucks to your check. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate everything that you do. Nothing more than that. That's an investment. Now, look, that guy could leave in two weeks. Okay, that guy could leave in a month. So be it. I treated my person right. I did it because I wanted to do it. I wanted to show thanks for what they'd done. It's all good. Would I have done that 10 years ago? No, I wouldn't have. But I've told everybody on this podcast, I lost good people because I didn't know how to act. It wasn't just the day-to-day, -day, but also these other things. Like, dude, I'm not, people are going to leave. People are going to stay. If somebody has been doing really well for you, been a great team member, and you can't tell me the last time you gave them a little extra on the paycheck. And I mean, money that let's just call it over a couple hundred bucks. Why haven't you done it? What's stopping you from doing it? Because let me tell mindset, you something, right? Yeah, because I'll tell you this. If my lights on my house are on, my rent or my mortgage is paid, I'm doing okay. 
you really think that 500 bucks or 250 bucks changes my life? If the answer is no, then there's really no argument not to invest in your people. Because let me tell you something, corporations aren't going to do that. And a way for small business to keep a leg up is to do those things that the big companies are incapable of doing. Now they may give a yearly bonus at the, at, at the corporation. Those aren't for a lot of positions. Don't get those, but some do. The reality is I like the idea of, Hey man, when I feel like I need to show my team some love, I'm going to show them some love. And let me be clear. If you think that is anything but money, you're exactly wrong. That's the world we live in. The pizza parties are great. I mean, you, you're you on the phone with me all the time. I buy breakfast and lunch and all that shit all the time. I mean, sometimes I have to get off the phone with you like, hey, dude, these guys just made a request. My guys request breakfast for me sometimes, and I'll go get it. It's, it, you know, I do all that shit. But the real dividing line is, are you going to give them a few hundred bucks? You know, there may be some of your employees for you bigger companies out there that you're like, dude, this guy deserves a thousand dollars. Cause I have team members like that. And the reality is that's going to be the mindset shift guys have to have. In my opinion, when it comes to team members is that there's a time when you need to step back and say, business is doing well, I'm doing okay. My family's taken care of. The business has some savings. I need to show some love. And you need to be genuine about it. No strings attached. And this idea that people are going to just come to expect it, that's not how it works if you handle it right. So need to be genuine. However, there are some things that I feel that they need to say. As you've talked to me about it, I picked up on some ex explicit, very specific things that you say. One thing that people say that is wrong is, hey, we had a good week over here. Hey, man, it's been good. So I want to give it to you, right? Like yep. that theory of just because we did good, I'm going to now give it to you is a lingo, is what I have heard people say. You say it a little bit different, which is why I kind of mentioned earlier is, and, 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 and even if people don't say it exactly the right way, the concept is still putting your employee in the place that they can become a hero when they go home. Yeah. One specific way that they can become a hero is taking everybody out to dinner and not having to worry about what the kids get, what the wives get, yep. whether or not there's dessert, anything like that. So you have something yeah. when you give away and, and you kind of lead them in a direction that actually does help them become a hero Yep. instead of them going to just go spend the money on something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So one of the things I say routinely when I do this is, is very basic. Hey man, want to thank you for everything you've been doing. I put a little extra on your check, take your family out to dinner. Okay. Go to a nice dinner. There's enough money extra on your check. Take that money. Take your family to dinner. Enjoy it. You deserve it. I just want to say thank you. Let the kids get the extra scoop of ice cream or Whatever something they like want. that, right? Like Yeah. Like I know what and, and again, know what a very nice dinner in your area costs. Okay. Really know Not it. Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is the nicest steakhouse in your area cost for a family of four to go to? 
Because then you can say that specific business, hey, I put some extra on your check. I want to say thank you. Do me a favor. I put enough on there for you and your family to go enjoy dinner at XYZ Steakhouse on me. Go have a nice dinner with your family. Whether they do that or not, I, you know, sometimes they don't. Now, my guys do it routinely. They got a spot their family loves to go to. It's a nice dinner that they don't treat themselves to and, and at all times for whatever reason, like all of us. We don't want to always go to the five-star with our family. It gets pretty expensive. But know what it costs. And, it, you know, here in Vegas, it ain't cheap. So, you know, surf and turf for two people, some good kids' meals, uh, desserts, couple drinks. It's pretty pricey. You've been here. And it's an event, like, right? That's a yeah. memory. That yeah. is something. This is where we're talking about investment, mindset as a business. What you can start to do is if you can help this employee create a moment to where his family makes him, he's now the hero. His kids got to eat this. His wife got to enjoy this. Everybody got to have this really great evening. Wow. What yeah, has that I'll, done then for you? I'll give you an example. Yeah, I'll give you a weird example in my business. Every Christmas, we have a client that owns a really nice restaurant. For my Christmas bonus, they always give me all these gift cards to their restaurant. Not once have I ever used the gift card. I just walk to my guys and say, hey, man, customer wants to say thank you. I want to say thank you. Take your family. Now, here's the funny thing. Two of my guys, wives, know when they're supposed to get those gift cards now. So when I hand them to them, I go, dude, don't let me get a phone call from your wife. Within the next five days, go use these gift cards. I know she knows they're coming. Those things sound ridiculous until you do them over and over and over again and you realize that their wife now understands that you're going to give them these nice things. And again, I can't stress this enough. No strings attached. Don't bring it up when they fuck up. Don't ever talk about it again. Don't ever throw it in their face. Don't ever have this thought of I've done all this stuff. for. Hey man, if they've earned it, they've earned it. Sort of like jail. When you go to jail and you serve your time and you get out, you're out. Served your time, man. I'm, I'm done talking about it. It's the same with this. If they've really done a lot for you, for your business, and I know a guy in the PPF business, his guys get to a certain level, he buys them a Rolex. Installers. He, he's got guys that have been working with him for 10 plus years. You can say this shit doesn't matter, and I get it. I get, I get the skepticism and we've heard people talk about culture and they just want to be a part of something. Yeah, they do. They also want to be with somebody that's going to say, Hey man, thank you. It, it's a weird thing that nobody talks about. And I know a lot of people are talking about building million dollar businesses that have never built them. They had four clients when they shut their business down. I mean, sold it, whatever. And I want to tell you about detailing in the 80s and how to build a million-dollar business when they never built one in the 80s and 90s or ever. 
But these are the secrets of people that have a lot, big companies that aren't corporations. And imagine installers installing PPF and knowing, hey, when I get to a certain level, that guy's going to buy me a Rolex. And money doesn't change that owner's life. I talked to him about it. He's got the same mindset I do, even if he uses different words. It doesn't take food off my table. I don't miss the money. I don't think about it. They deserve it. All of a sudden, where's the excuse then? Doesn't mean I don't take in extra money. Doesn't mean I don't make extra money at the end of the year. Doesn't mean that that I don't see the need for all my years of hard work to pay me a little bit better. I get all that. But at some point, man, people got to share in all this. And like you said, when you help them create a memory, you know, one of my guys, I paid for a Disneyland trip. Have you priced that lately? Boy, oh boy, Walt Disney's doing well. But I didn't give him the money. I bought the tickets. I got the room. I got everything. And then I gave him cash to go and said, hey, man, buy the churros, buy, buy the shit. You know, buy the ears, buy the stuffed animals. But I had to know what it cost. Because I don't want him to be short. <laughs> then you look like a real jerk. So if you're starting out with this thought process, price the most expensive dinner in your area for a family of four or five or however many that person has. In one of my cases, it's a family of seven on my team. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't care. We joke about it, you know. but he deserves it. And, and at the end of the day, man, this is where you get into this mindset game. You're trying to take every bloody nickel out of your business and, and you're trying to, to, to always be for you, which we talked to plenty of guys that, that we've known for a long time that are that way. And they're still struggling because it's all them. It's them. It's uh, I'm a great detailer. I, you know, it's my system. I, I'm the one that did this. I, dude, that, that 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 mindset is going to lose you more in the long run because, again, it's not an investment mindset. All I ever think about with my businesses today, and I wish I'd have known this in 2010, I didn't. I was a knucklehead. I, I didn't know any better, plain and simple. Nobody told me I didn't have something like this podcast. I, I didn't have any of that. And it's part of the reason we do this podcast. Get out of business owner employee mindset and get into the investment mindset. Some of that's going to be your time, obviously, but a lot of it's going to be, what am I doing with my money? Okay. What am I doing to move my business forward? And, and a lot of times that means, Marty, you and I have, at HyperClean have had phone calls where there was no money. Hey man, go back two years. Everybody sees things today and they just think that's how it is. No, man, we had to have some tough conversations. And there were times we had to look at each other and go, hey, man, you good? Yeah, I can make it. Nothing's coming out of the business. It's all going back in. And now we have a great team of people. Dale posted something uh, on Facebook when I was gone about how quickly our team works in the warehouse and getting orders out. That's two years of investment in, in how to get things done and investing in people and putting them in places to succeed. And that's investment. That is not about ownership. That's what are you investing your time in, right? What are you investing your money in? How can you make your people 
life easier and their business. And, and in the end, this will make you more successful. I didn't know all of this and I still don't know everything. I mean, you're never going to know all the right things to do all the time, but if you're thinking about where's this $250 that I'm giving to this person, how does that make them feel? And how does that show them that I care about what they've been doing? That's an investment mindset. Now you're not trying to get something out of that $250. You're trying to give somebody thanks for doing a really great job. And you're hoping that if you have that culture in your business, that investment in that culture leads to more success in the future. It's not about investing the $250 in a selfish way. If, if I give him this, he'll work harder. I, I don't think about that. It's like, dude, you guys did a really good job. And now let me tell you something in my company, this Friday, it's going to be a lot of money out of my bank account, and I don't care about it. doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible with my money, but these guys earned it. They're going to go have nice dinners with their family. I know exactly where they're going to go. I know exactly what they're going to order. That's how many years I've been doing it, and they deserve it. And I think that's the most important part is that you're investing in the culture of I'm always going to be there doing the right thing to the best of my ability. Yeah, man. Great conversation. I'm glad you got some time to think through that. And thanks so much. Great information. People won't hear that from anywhere else. So appreciate it, man. Have a great week. All right. All right, community. Wow. You have never heard a discussion like that on investment, on employee to ownership to investment mindset. What are you going to do with it? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to start to write down the ideas that come to your mind. Where you can start to invest, is that in your day? The time that you need to invest in your day. Is it into your employees like we just talked about? What are you going to do? Well, however you're going to do it and what you're going to do, you're going to send it an email, info at hypercleanstore.com, and let's start discussing it. Tell us, put it down in writing, say it out loud. That starts, right? That gives you the foundation to start however you want to do it. Put it out in writing and let's start that discussion or journey together with you. <laughs> it's a climb. Business is a climb. The more you invest in today that will bring crops later and maybe even years down the road, the better your climb will be. And the journey will become a much more enjoyable experience. This is Marshall, and I hope you make it a great day.